Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I am your host, Stephen Murphy. I'm joined by one of the regular rugby crew, that is Sam. Uh, Westy has left, he's gone to a different podcast, you know, he's, he was, you know, asking for big money. I said no, Sam. Do you know what I mean? It had to be done. He took the Santi Cordero news very personally. He did. He, he, oh, needed, a per- he needed a personal day to get over. It's, uh, he did need a personal day, yeah. And we all do, to be fair, I yeah. think. Uh, but no, Westy has not left. He's just not here today. But he'll be back next week. And yeah, we, we took a bit of a hiatus over the summer. I think a well-deserved break. Uh, we were going pretty, you know, weekly for about two years there. Uh, I had another project on the go. And then you guys deserve some time off. So yeah, we're, we took us a few weeks off. But we're back. we got some rubbish to talk about. Yeah, the Santi Cordero. Oh, man. God, that sucked. Yesterday. Uh, if anyone hadn't heard, I think Santi has done uh, ACL. Um, and will probably miss the season. You're talking about at least six months, and with a rugby player, 29 year old winger, like you really want to be careful nursing him back. So, yeah, end of season at best. But I, I'd say you might not see him this season at all. Not, not the news we wanted. We were all very excited for Santi when he didn't get selected to the World Cup. We were obviously disappointed, but we were also like, oh, he'll be in Galway sooner, and you know he'll be able to play from the straight straight away, and then that's. That's gone. But anyway, look, at that's for our upcoming Connacht podcast. We are here to talk about Ireland and the Irish rugby team. Uh, the World Cup is only, what, like two weeks away? Three, two, three weeks away from starting? Yes. Yeah, it's 7th of, uh, or 8th of September, I think. Yeah, two, two weeks two away. Weeks. So, uh, exciting times, and uh, we are very excited about the Irish rugby team and their potential. But we'll we'll start off, uh, Sam. First of all, Sam, I didn't even ask you how you are. How is, how is the time off been? Have you enjoyed your time off? Are you excited to be back? Yeah, it's been nice having the time off. Excited to excited to be back at work next week, and excited to be back on the podcast. Now it's kind of it's it's been a regular feature of the last few years, even throughout COVID. So kind of having some time off was a bit mad, but I still I tuned into you on the Golf Ireland podcast, so it felt like I was there. You know how it is. Uh, time off's been nice. I had my summer holidays. The weather's just been so shit that it actually hasn't felt like summer at all. We were only talking yesterday when we were out playing a bit of golf that you know we, we haven't played golf. We have played around the golf without rain since probably May, which is just beyond belief. So hopefully a nice September, good good weather, catch the rugby throughout September and be that just make up for the shock in July and August we've had. Yeah. If anyone knows me knows the weather affects me big time. So like July was just the worst month. Um I was look I was booking flights. I was like, let's get out of here. Visas applications, left, right and centre. Anyone that'll take me, I'll go. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Time off has been <clears throat> nice. As I said, I, I actually well, I've still been doing stuff with the Golf Ireland podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to that, make sure you tune in. If you like uh, amateur golf in Ireland, uh, but it's nice to get the rugby. I de- I, you know, I definitely took a bit of a break from though. Was like Twitter, or sorry, should I say X? Uh, and that was fun. I really enjoyed that. So I have to get back into that now and start tweeting more regularly. Or I don't know what what do you x xing now? Is that what we're saying? No, I think it's still tweeting. It, they they try to change retweet or repost, but I don't think think people say it. Uh, I need to take a break from Twitter. It's annoying that like Twitter is where you get all of your rugby information. You get all kind of the updates. So when we're doing the podcast, I like to be on Twitter for the day just to kind of get up to speed with what's going on. Like even today. Just went over to the Samoa Twitter page, saw like clicked in to see what their fans are saying about the team that was picked, all those sort of things. But if it wasn't for that, I'd probably be off it because it's actually just turned vile. Like to some of the comments under under like political things or car safety things or trans rights things and just the comments underneath are just 
it's unreadable. So the kind of the little rugby sphere that exists is a, it's all right, but the rest of Twitter is just an absolute shithole. Yeah, it's it's for people just to shout. Well, that's basically it. But yeah, there is there is a nice. It is great for news, and it's a nice. There's a nice little group of people that I unless I've muted you. <laughs> Which, you know, there's a few of you out there, which I have, I won't lie. Uh, but anyway, yeah, let's talk about Ireland so far. Uh, there's been two warm-up games so far. Look, we won't go into too much detail. There's plenty of podcasts that are out there have covered all that detail. Uh, Italy first, a uh, pretty comfortable win. Uh, England as well, pretty comfortable win. And really, neither team had to get out of second or third gear. But the English game, uh, a lot more senior players playing that game, Sam. So far, how would you recap what you've seen from Ireland over those first two warm-up games? Uh the news came out that Sheehan isn't too potentially too injured. So outside of that, yeah, I think, they're more hopeful now. Yeah, outside of that, I think uh, that that was a worry. But outside of that, I think it was actually two pretty decent warm up games. You're never going to get good rugby uh, in the World Cup warm ups. It's just it's not going to happen. It doesn't work well. That trying to build new relationships, trying to get back up to speed after having a bit of summer, a bit of time off, and being with the clubs. You know, Munster were right up there to the final. Leinster were deep into the semis. Uh, that area and like Connacht were into the playoffs and Ulster were in the playoffs. So the, the players have had a break. They've had a long season before and then they come back a little bit rusty, trying to pack on a bit of size and mass and prehab and all that stuff. So it's going to take a bit of time. But the two games were good in the sense that I saw a lot of glimpses of good stuff. You saw parts that you want to work on. You kind of got a little bit more of an idea of what Farrell's looking for in terms of his squad selection, in terms of the way he's playing. Uh, and you build those relationships gradually. I think the Samoa game is another good one. It's going to be a different test, which is good. It's a test. It's away from home. It's out of the comfort zone. So the the pre pre World Cup warm up games or the they used to be pre World Cup friendlies. I think they're still they're tests now again. But they they've done what they've needed to, and we've so far touch wood avoided any significant injuries off the back of them. So I think that that's a, I think that's a win across the board for kind of for everyone. And, the person you'd be happiest will probably be Andy Farrell, who's just getting more of a sense every day about the t- squad he's going to select. I have no doubt he probably knows his 33-man squad now because it's going to get announced on Monday. But there is opportunity tomorrow. or Yes, yeah, tomorrow with the Samoa game. There is opportunity for a player to put their hand up. And there's also potential you know, for a player to put their hand up for being first reserve when there's an injury happening, any any of those things. So, yeah, a pretty, pretty successful kind of two games so far. Yeah, if the, if the Sheehan news is more hopeful, then then I think only Jack Conan really is the one that is will miss potentially. I think the first or second or third potentially group game. Um, so it's interesting, you know, what do you do with that? But yeah, I think overall, you know, we we've said this before. The warm up games, even if you think that you're not holding back a little bit, you have to be subconsciously. Like you, you don't want to get injured. You don't want to miss that opportunity to go on the plane through injury, not just because you weren't selected. Um, and then the more senior players, like they definitely, like the likes of Hugh Keane isn't going out there trying to get injured. Do you know what I mean? That would just be the worst. And we've seen with France, Entomac getting injured, missing the World Cup. Like that sucks. Like uh, I tweeted that. I hope it didn't come across as like sarcastic. I didn't want Intermac to miss the, the World Cup. I never want any player to miss the World Cup through injury, especially one as exciting as, as Roman Intermac. Yeah. That is and, just cruel. And doubly selfishly, I think when the World Cup is so close to home, it's on a time zone that makes it a little easier. We're actually going over to a few games. You want to see the players like, you know, Ireland could potentially be playing France in the quarterfinals. We have tickets to that game. And if Ireland make it to the quarterfinals and we're playing France, I wanted to see Entomac. It's the same with like if we're playing New Zealand. Yeah, Ireland would benefit from not having Ardi Save, but I want to see Ardi Save in the flesh. I want to see him in a World Cup setting. I want to see that. Like 
I have not been to a World Cup before. I know Wesley's been to London and he was over in Japan, but it's hard to get away to these World Cups. They come around once every four years and every second time they're pretty far away as well. So it's a, it's a really good opportunity to see these players. So seeing players go down like Entomac is just such a shame. You mentioned the likes of Keenan. People kind of question how strong the team is for Samoa, but I, don't, I think that if you hold anything back, you're more likely to get injured. That's kind of time and time again been proven. If you if you shy away from a tackle, you shy away from a game, or you don't give your whole hug, you, you don't build up that that match day stamina and have the ability to see through a World Cup. If you can't play three little warm up games in three weeks, how are you going to play a packed schedule against a multitude of different teams away in France? It's just not going to happen. So. You have to go with it and you have to just take your knocks if they happen. Like I saw, uh, was it England, England lost Watson for the World Cup. He was one of their best players on the day against Ireland last week. That's such a shame, but he, he couldn't have done anything more. It's, it's that just happens in rugby and it's going to happen to Ireland. We're going to lose a player too, and it might be a big player, might not be, but you just, it will happen. Let's let's quickly talk about England because obviously they were, they were pretty poor against Ireland and they don't. They don't look like a very good team at the moment. Attacking-wise, they look very, very basic, um, which is, you know, Steve Borthwick's sort of, I don't know, his MO or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know. It's, it's a pretty shitty, shitty, shitty situation. Um, like, Borthwick's only in the door, really. He's at a Six Nations that went really bad. He is playing a brand of rugby that is probably hard to beat, but very, very, you know, very conservative, not going to win you many games. But he's also on the side of the draw of the World Cup where... He really, realistically, only has to beat uh, Argentina and Australia to get to a, a World Cup final. So it's a, it's a weird situation at the moment in England. Yeah, the, it doesn't look like the happiest of hunting grounds or the happiest of situations in England. There's a couple of players as well that are coming towards the end of it and probably want to have one last hurrah and under Borthwick. Maybe they, they don't see that happening and it not being that good. You've seen a kind of a couple of players in the last few months decided to move to France, uh, even with the World Cup being there. At the back of the news with the London Irish and the Wasps, those players that just decided, oh no, we'll go to France and we'll stay here. And it's it's been up in the air. I said from the beginning with Bortwick, the first thing he's going to do when he gets hold of this team with, with Ireland, the idea with under Andy Farrell was that they would start to change the game plan and, and make it more of a, a kind of player led game plan as opposed to a system game plan. With England, the first thing that was going to happen was going to, they were going to try and double down and make them as hard to beat as possible, make them a serious uh, set-piece operating team. And that just hasn't happened yet, but it could click come first day of the World Cup. And like you said, they're going to be hard to beat. And in knockout rugby, if you get to that stage, being hard to beat is three quarters of the battle. You just have to get one or two tries. And they have players like Marchant and Tuolaghi uh, who will get you a try if needs be. Like Tuolaghi's not been his old self since the... the injuries but he is still Manu Tuolagi he still has the ability to get a try if needs be you know they've got a strong pack they, they can have a good line out they have some players there that just just need to step it up a little bit and they're not too far away but they look miles away right now that's that would be worrying me as an England fan I think you were on the other day on Quailin Rugby's uh, podcast and it was a really good lad Ed I think he was a Gloucester rugby fan but he was talking about England he seemed completely dejected and I think I would be too if I was an England fan with the possibilities that they, they could just go into this World Cup absolutely crap. And obviously both were brought in for six years, you know, two World Cups in mind. It wasn't going to be a quick fix, but it was, it's still, if it doesn't work out, it just does. It really makes you question the Eddie Jones situation 
And I know it's been a year of questioning that situation or nearly a year of questioning that situation. But if this World Cup doesn't work out and they just they're down squib and they just go through and he has a whole big rebuild, you kind of just think, well, what did you persevere with Eddie Jones for so long for? And then to just fuck it away like this. But like you said, the easier side of the draw, they have the players there. They Once they just become hard to beat, it doesn't matter how good they are on the ball, just once they become hard to beat, they can do quite well in the World Cup. So it's a really hard situation to look from the outside, but from the inside, I'd say England fans just not not happy with it at the moment and probably need a bit of a bounce or a boost. Yeah, that you mentioned Ed on the Kalan's podcast, so definitely going to try and get him on for... Uh, we're going to preview all the groups at some stage. Um, yeah, he was really, really good. So, but yeah, it, look, it, it's a tough situation. Look, if it comes down to a semi-final or, or a semi-final of England-Australia, I, I think I'd be back in England. Like, in a one-off game, you know, there is that mental toughness still there. And it's, yeah, it's a weird one. It'd be interesting to follow, like, their group. You know, they play Samoa uh, in that group game. And who knows, like, that. I think people are eyeing that up as a potential scalp there for Samoa. And it'll be really, really interesting to follow that one, I, I think, personally. But If they're playing um, Australia, like, you would probably back... England with kind of the, the two trajectories at the moment but just there's the Eddie Jones factor and I don't think you can rule that out like especially against England he'll have something up his sleeve he knows that team inside out he knows every player he's dropped every player there at least once so he uh, he wants like he'll want blood and I think that would be the, the biggest banana skin I think you know squad on squad yeah you probably back England but just with Eddie Jones it's such a such a clusterfuck I mean the uh, the media circus for that week leading up to that game would be just gold. You know who knows what would happen. But uh, another big thing from that Irish England game, Sam, and we'd be remiss not to talk about it was Keen Prendergast's performance. Um, he's in the squad still. He still has a chance of getting on that plane. I think I, I don't know if if you would admit this too, but I didn't think he'd probably make it this far. I, not nothing against him, just because of the the position he's in and the experience that he has. He's only twenty three years old. Um, and yet he's still there. He's outlasted the likes of Gavin Coombs, which I know people were uh, surprised by, or at least well, Munster fans were surprised by, I suppose. Um, and he's still there. And I think he has, actually has a great chance to get on that plane. Uh, well, he's actually already over there, but you know what I mean. A great chance to be there uh, beyond next week. And it's a credit to him. Like he, Even that English, English performance, the biggest comment I could give him, and we said this before, is he looked comfortable. Uh, he looked like he didn't look like a 23 year old kid, really. He looked like a a pro that's been there for several years. Uh, we all know how talented he was. I think we just question sometimes his raw ability, his, you know, his his likely likeliness to get a couple of penalties against them, and even the small things. He he knocked the ball on at one stage, and then five phases later, he's getting the turnover to win the ball back. And it's small things like that that Farrell will look at. Uh, plus his versatility to play a couple of positions, which he, you know we all know Farrell loves. But he's he's done amazingly well so far. Yeah, he's proved his versatility for Ireland, which is a big thing. I think it was his debut. He came on in second row and then he played across the back row and was he covering for uh, Van der Fleer at one stage in the Italy game. So it's been a massive couple of weeks for him. He looks like he's really built, packed on the size as well. He's always been a big lad, but he looks like he's filling out and kind of, I think that, you know, at the end of last season, we saw him for Connacht in number eight and we thought maybe this is an Andy Farrell. Let's have a look at him there. In the long run for Connacht, it could be ideal. Like your eight doesn't have to be a Billy Van Apollo behemoth. Like Ardi Save is not the biggest lad, but he's just he's powerful in the way that he carries. And if Prendergast can kind of fill that maybe that role for Ireland and for Connacht as, as a kind of versatile back row player that can cover a bit of eight, maybe do a second row at a really big push. I don't think they'd want to do it, but if that happens, that's huge for him. So it's, the couple of performances he had, I think, have been 
massive for him and his chances of go and his showing his versatility has been huge because we are ramping up a couple of small niggles and small bits of injuries and you will need to call on these players and you'll also need to have a squad of players that play Romania and a squad of players that play Tongan that those games aren't going to be easy and then if you win them and you beat South Africa and Scotland haven't beaten South Africa in the first week that Scotland game is is a damn squib and you can you can play whatever team you want there and kind of rest up so it's an interesting situation for him Going into the camp, I would have probably thought that Coombs would make it further than he would. Just I love Keen Prendergast and personally I want, wanted to see him there and I thought he had the ability to. I've, I've seen him grow time and time again for Connick, but just Coombs' just try-scoring ability and try-scoring record just stands to him. And at the end of the day, you need tries, you need scores in a game of rugby. That's how it works. So I would have been probably more surprised now uh, but after the few games the Prendergast has had and after his performance the last day I think that he he's every chance to get on that plane it just depends on what split you want and I think it's probably a bit of a toss up maybe between himself and McCluskey uh, for last box I think Earls I have our squad we, we put together a little squad and I have mine and I have him in it but yeah I think he's done himself the world of good in this couple of things and if he doesn't make it to the World Cup which would be a shame He's first reserve and Conan's a little bit of an injury. You don't know how he's going to last and he might get called up. And if he doesn't get called up and that's unfortunate that there's no injuries happen that allow him to be called up, this experience will be huge for him. And I've no doubt he'll be part and parcel of the, the next four years worth of squads. And that's that's gone huge for himself and huge for Connacht. I love what you said. He didn't shy away, you know, one or two strips or knock-ons and early in the England game. And I was kind of going, oh, no. But he just such a mature performance to grow into the game from there to do all his things right. He like one of the highest meters made for forward, one of the highest tackling stats. You were trying to get turnovers. His tip on passing was brilliant, and we know Farrell really appreciates the change in the angle of the contact. So tipping on just before contact or taking the tip ons off the likes of Bundy before the contact was, it's going to be really integral to the way that Andy Farrell plays, and he will have watched that. So even if he's not. You know, scoring tries, he's he's doing all the right things. So I thought a mature performance, not being not giving away too not giving away penalties the way he has done maybe in the past for Connacht was also stand to him. So yeah, I think from a Connacht point of view, that was just I know Mark Hansen got play, like man of the match, which is crazy, but from a Connacht point of view, Prendergast doing what he did and playing the way he did and potentially getting into the Ireland squad was kind of the happiest thing that I, I took from the game. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, we can we'll talk about Mac more in detail next week. But he was absolutely outstanding as he kind of always is now, which is which is incredible to say considering he's only been on these shores for two years. Yeah. Um, let's look ahead to uh, the team was announced uh, yesterday that will face Samoa this uh, tomorrow, the Saturday. Um, I'll just go through that lineup. So uh, we have Keen Heady, Tom Stewart, uh, Finley Beelham. Ian Henderson, who captains the team, Tyg Byrne, Ryan Baird, uh, Josh Van der Fleer, Caelan Doris, and then we have Conor Murray, Jack Crowley, Keith Earls, Stuart McCluskey, Robbie Henshaw, Mac Attack, and Jimmy O'Brien. Uh, on the bench then we have Rob Herring, Jeremy Lockman, Tom O'Toole, James Ryan, Peter O'Mahony, Craig Casey, Ross Byrne, and Gary Ringrose. This is an um, overall pretty strong team here. A, a lot of senior players in there. The bench in particular quite strong as well. Um... For the fringe players, Sam, I asked this question yesterday on Twitter. Um, just genuinely curious. Uh, if you're a fringe player, say like Prendergast, and you're not being mentioned, or you're not included here, or Stockdale, for example, <laughs> it, we, it's obvious, I think, that it's a bad sign. Is it definitely a bad sign that you're not being included? I mean, the reason I ask this is, 
if I'm Andy Farrell and I'm going to a World Cup and this is my last game, but it's against Samoa, what's Stockdale going to show me or Prendergast against Samoa that I'm going to learn for when it comes to playing the likes of New Zealand, France, South Africa? You know, that kind of that that that's kind of my question. I don't know if it's a fair question or not. I'm genuinely just curious to to get people's opinions on that. So, what's your opinion on that? I think it depends on the manner in which you played and the amount you played in the previous two games. I don't think it's a bad sign that Prendergast isn't in. Uh, I think that he has done all he can. He There's not much more he could do against Samoa unless he has an absolute howler if he was playing. And so I don't think that his going will hinge on this game. It's an opportunity to see Ryan Baird in the six, which is going to be big for Ireland. I think that you know he he's a another versatile player that can cover the second row and that six position that's big for Farrell. So it's an opportunity to see him there. And you want to see players like with Prendergast last week, you want to see players in close to full squads. You don't want three squad players, three fringe players playing together because what what the hell use is that to see for Andy Farrell? You want players that are going to slot in. So you see the likes of Conor Murray and Jack Crowley, like that's a 9-10 partnership that could play two of the group games at least. And then you've got Casey to come on and uh, Ross Byrne, and that's another 9-10 partnership that could uh Happen. So I don't think being left out of this one is as big a deal as some people on Twitter might make you believe, unless you haven't been involved much previously. Like I, I, I think Stockdale being out of this game is much more significant than Prendergast being out of this game because of the the last couple of games, and that's the way I see it. I think it's a big opportunity for McCluskey and Henshaw to show what they can do as a twelve thirteen partnership because. McCluskey hasn't had the opportunities, uh, the same opportunities to kind of showcase what he can do as maybe Bundy, who had an outstanding game last week. So this is a massive one for McCluskey. And I think it shows that Farrell is looking at that 12-13 partnership with Ringrose's potential cover in the 23 because he could play in the wing if push comes to shove. So they're what Farrell will be looking for. But I don't think too much hinges on this game in terms of the decision making. I'd say 32 of the 33 are decided barring injury going into Monday. He's not going to just decide on Monday morning who he's putting out. You know, maybe a decision gets made like Lachman is there on the bench. We know that uh, Kilcoyne's been left at home because of an injury and he's nursing that and he's trying to get back. But this that's a big opportunity for Lachman to prove to Farrell that, you know, Kilcoyne's injured and maybe it's not worth the risk and to bring a player like Lachman. So if he comes on and has a positive impact on the bench, that could be a really good thing for him. But overall... I think for all he being left out is more significant than Prendergast. But I still think personally, and I have him in my team here, I still think for all he probably goes, if you're looking for more versatile players and if you want your cover players to be kind of more than just uh, one trick pony is a harsh thing, but a single, single position players, you want versatility in your, in your reserves, your Jimmy O'Brien's, your for all kind of ring rose as well, who I think will start most games, but they're versatile players. So I wouldn't have McCluskey personally, but this is a big opportunity for him. So it's I, I wouldn't read too much into this this squad in terms of whether or not they go. I think Farrell's decisions have already been made for most of it outside of injuries. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was coming from. Like Sam McCluskey goes out now and has a great game tomorrow. And it's, this is not nothing against him. It's like you always have like, oh, well, it was against Samoa. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, well, like, you know, you should play well against him. It's, it's one of those things where it's always going to be thrown back in your face. So. I'm sure it's tough for the players themselves to be like, even I'm only I like look. I'd, I'd say you're right. I think most players probably know already. I doubt he's leaving it till Monday to tell the players or or, to, or even Sunday. So I'd say most players know already going out. But you know, if if you didn't know and you're shooting McCluskey going out tomorrow, 
it must be a weird one to prepare for because like okay obviously I have to play well but is it even going to matter if I play well I, I don't know it's, it's it's a strange one are you more likely to play yourself off the plane than play yourself on the plane against yeah possibly like, yeah know, which is a shitty have, situation if you have an absolute shocker yeah you might get dropped or if your mentality goes or if you show like poor kind of teamwork then yeah you might get dropped off the plane but if you have an absolute stormer like you said it's it's a work of warm-up against Samoa what what can you read into that so it's it's really tough situation to be in uh for say the likes of McCluskey who probably he probably does go in, ter- in fairness like Farrell does like him but I just personally if I was picking the team I wouldn't have kind of that out and out just 12 I would have versatility in my backups because I think it's fairly nailed on that McCluskey is the third choice 12 realistically behind Henshaw Aki and then himself uh, and then Henshaw can move out as the second choice 13 and Aki goes in at 12 so I don't know if he can play his way onto the plane if he's not on it, but he could definitely play his way off it if he's not if he if he has a shocker and he was already supposed to be on it. But I can't see that happening. McCluskey's a you know he's a stand he's a he's a good player. He's he's a very good professional. I think he'll just he'll go about his business quite well and he'll just look to link up with Robbie Henshaw and prove that he can do that. Yeah, I think we'll get into the squad now in a second. Uh, Conor Murray, Jack Crowley. I think it's a good partnership uh, for that game. Let's hope Crowley stays out of the grasps of the big Samoan players. Um, great to see Finley Beelham still. Lima Sopawanga, who, you know, former All Black, who's just been uh, re- redesignated to Samoa and played last week. But this is, yeah, it's a big test for him because that's a really experienced professional. And yeah, Samoa might not be as experienced or as well trained across the board, but they've brought in some good, smart uh, former All Black players. They've gotten some big wins in the last in the Pacific Island Cup or whatever it's called. I can't remember. Uh, but they've got a couple of good wins in that. You know, I always kind of look out for Samoa personally. One of my favorite players growing up was uh, a Fatau, so I've had a soft spot for Samoa since then. But Lima Sapuanga will be a big test against Jack Crowley. That'll be an excellent test for him because that's the standard of player you're going to play against in the World Cup. So this is where I get conflicted because, like, I don't particularly care how the players play tomorrow. Like, uh, like if they have a sloppy enough performance tomorrow, I'm not worried about it. I just want, like, the last thing I want Jack Cry to do is try too much and get bloody hurt. I want him to stay away from contact. I want him to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I know a lot of people would be like, oh, my God, Ireland's sloppy against Samoa. Like, what the hell are we doing? But, I mean, they're, the squad's announced Monday. Like, they're, they're playing in two weeks' time against uh, Romania in the World Cup. Like, uh, not in a bad way, but like it doesn't really matter. Do you I, know what I mean? I just want people to stay out of trouble. I agree with you, but what I'm talking about more is getting Crowley that international level experience. And yes, Samoa might not be the top toughest opponent we're going to play against, but in Crowley's one-on-one game against his opposite ten, he's playing against a former All Black. He's playing against someone a Super Rugby great, Lima Savanga, who's play, he played around Europe. Like that's an experienced player that he gets to play against. So I'm not talking about how good the team are going to fare against Samoa. I'm more talking about like the experience that he gets going into that is an experience playing against a really, really top level 10. So it's, I think that's an excellent point for him. No, definitely. Um, right, look, at, let's get stuck into the squad. Um, so look, you you have your squad there in front of you. I have uh, notes taken down as well, but give me your forward pack. Are you doing a 1914 split or are you doing 1815? 18. Okay, so yeah. give me your give me your give me your forward pack. So I have Sheehan Herring Stewart. Uh, I don't risk Kelleher if like Sheehan and Kelleher both semi injured at the moment. Kelleher hasn't been able to go to, or he's in France, but he's not able to play in this game. He's supposedly ready for the 
work of warm-ups, but he's off the back of a season where he was kind of in and out with injury anyway. And then now to not be able to play any of these World Cup warm-ups and come in cold uh, into potentially very important games. And Sheehan, who we've heard is just a sprain and he will be back, but it's a significant one to bring two hookers that are not definite. Uh, I think that's a worry. So I'm, I'm bringing Stewart because he's he's class and he's scores tries and he does exactly what you need. And then we know Herrings. And then Porter Healy, and I have Kilcoin, but I have Lachman if Killers out because um, I'd have him over uh, anyone else really as the backup for Killer right now. I think it's uh, he's probably the player who's been brought in when needs be from Andy Farrell. So that's, for me, the best first reserve. And Kilcoin, you know what you get with him, but if he's not able to play, I'm, I'm not worried about bringing Lachman in. And then Furlan, Beal and Motul, I don't think there's any questions that. Uh, second row is Byrne, Ryan, Henderson and counting Baird as a second row even though he's playing sixth the weekend back row Van der Freer, Pierre Marini, Doris, Conan and Prendo who I pick over Joe McCarthy but if it was Joe McCarthy Baird would become a back row so I think if Joe McCarthy comes over Prendo Baird is a back row in my squad and Joe McCarthy but I'm picking personally Baird in the second row and Prendo in the back row and leading Joe McCarthy at home but we know that Conan could be injured. Players pick up injuries all the time. Joe McCarthy's first reserve for me. Yeah, Joe McCarthy, I've been impressed by him and Farrell seems to love him. Um, I think I think he goes. Um, I think it's it's tough. So you have 18-15 split. I think I'd rather go with the 19-14 and include everyone that you said there, including Prendo McCarthy. Uh, personally, I think I just think with the way modern rugby's played as well, like especially going up against South Africa, going up against Scotland, going up against potentially France, New Zealand, you want as much pack depth as possible, uh, and at least variations to throw around. And I think that's more important than maybe the, uh, I don't know certain positions in, in the in the in the backs. Um, so, but I think you're you're not far off. I think eighteen or nineteen is that's the eighteen or nineteen. It depends on if he wants to go for that eighteen nineteen split. If he if he goes eight if he goes eighteen who who misses out for you? Joe McCarthy. Joe McCarthy. Okay, I think Joe McCarthy will go ahead of Prendergast. Do you? Yeah, I think Farrell absolutely adores him. Okay, oh, I'm not I... saying he's right or wrong, but I think McCarthy's been basically as soon as he's been able to, he's been in into these squads and so similar to Prendergast, I suppose. But yeah, I think I'm. I think I I picked this more from like what I would do. Uh, with a little, yeah, bit that's fair. With a little bit of what Andy Farrell's gonna do, but I, I think, uh, yeah, you're you're probably right. If it's if it's Farrell picking the team and it was eighteen, it'll probably be Joe McCarthy uh, over Prendo. But no, what I would do is have Prendo. Of course, oh, when I can, when I can be power, that's what I'm doing. I mean, can we get Paul Boyle in? Is there anything to be said for Paul Boyle? Uh, but let's look at the back. So the, here's the backs I have. So I've gone fourteen. Yeah, I got fifteen. Uh, so. So obviously Sexton Crowley, let's let's talk about Ross Byrne in a second. So I'm gonna leave him out for the time being, right? And you give me this is just a talking point. Sexton Crowley, Bundy, Ringrose, Henshaw, uh, Mac, Lowe, Gibson Park, Murray, Casey, Keenan, Jimmy O'Brien. So that's twelve. Uh, did I say Keith Earls? No, no I didn't. Keith, Keith Earls is gonna go. That's 13, and then my 14th spot. Uh, I don't particularly love Frawley, but I just think I think Farrell does. <laughs> I think the fact that he can play a few positions 
is is really important, I think, to me wanting 19 forwards. Especially if you want to leave out Ross Byrne. So here's the thing about the Ross Byrne point. Okay, and it's purely off. I don't necessarily think it's a great idea, but I'm saying is Sexton will play more than we think he should play. He's going to play most of the Romania game, if not all of it. He will stupidly play some of the Tonga game. Do you think he's back for the Romania game? I've heard he's not going to be from people like... This is pre pre the ban, but I heard that he was very hit and miss about how close the World Cup he was going to get back from this injury. Yeah, if that's the case, that's different. But at the moment, all we know is that he will be back. And if that's the case, I think he's going to he's going to use that Romania game as a real tune-up, which I think he should. Yeah, it's the perfect game for that to happen. I I wouldn't have him in the same country as the Tonga national team. Personally, I'd have I'd fl- I should fly him home for that for that game, but he's going to play some of that, and Crowley will play it in that game, and then you're into South Africa, and you're into Scotland, then aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So like, where does Ross Byrne play? Is my is my question. I think he should play the Tonga game, and Crowley on the bench for that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. Uh, how often have we said Sexton shouldn't play this weekend, and he plays? And that's the point. Do you then bring Ross Byrne, who might not play 10 minutes of any game? Because he's third choice. I think we're all agreed on that at this stage, at the 10s. He's the third choice 10 after Crowley. Yeah. So, like, do, do you leave a Frawley at home? Do you leave a Keith Earls at home? Do you leave a Jimmy O'Brien at home to bring Ross Byrne, who's going to play 10 minutes? Whereas, if Sexton picks up a knock, or Crowley picks up a knock, you can still fly Ross Byrne over. Yeah, well, he's definitely not leaving Jimmy O'Brien at home. Jimmy O'Brien is... Match no, I, I don't think he should either. I uh, no, I, not that he should, he won't. Uh, Earls, Earls, I think, is very slightly in question, but probably not. Uh, Frawley is definitely in question. Uh, and then McCluskey is the other one that might, you know, maybe... I, I, I don't think you can bring McCluskey. I, as, as you said, he's a third choice 12. Yeah. I think that's a, not a waste. Like, not that I can say, I think it's just a waste of a of a squad yeah. spot. That's what I think as well. But I, you know, I have Gibson Park, Casey Murray, Sexton, Byrne, Crowley. I like your, your burn point. I kind of this was more in the eyes of what Farrell does. He brings Byrne, definitely, but I wouldn't because I agree with you. I would have Sexton Crowley, depending on Sexton's level of being able to play, and then you have I have Frawley in the center, Henshaw, Aki, Ringrose, and Frawley. And Frawley is a break glass in case of emergency. Ten finish out a few games, but you know, 10, 15 minutes to go, not half an hour to go, and then Mac O'Brien, Keenan, Low Earls as my my five kind of outside backs, but. Yeah, I would personally, I would agree with you. The Frawley, instead of Burn and have Burn in case of emergency, Farrell might not like that because you might need Burn in a quarterfinal and he wants, you know, getting reps with an out half day in, day out. You want the Tonga game potentially and the Scotland game ends up being a damn squib. If we beat South Africa and Scotland don't beat South Africa in the first week, then you get good reps and good rest. And Sexton really, like you said, he'll play more than we want, but... This is like a how can you balance playing amongst rest for Sexton sort of situation? Like he's 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 being wheeled to the World Cup. <laughs> like they're they're resting his legs as much as possible. There's more no more cotton wool left in the country because of the amount that they've wrapped him up in to try and get him to get there. So like that, I don't think he plays the Tonga game or he shouldn't anyway. Uh, and then the Scotland game means nothing. Then yeah, you go you go for that, but. Kind of like you said with getting players, being players around, forwards being important. I think if you were going to leave someone out, maybe you leave Earls out and you bring them in if needs be because an outside back is easier to slot into a system than a 10. You need a 10 getting reps with that team week in, week out, playing on the playing pitch, bringing 12s and th- like the 
the game plan into situations when you're repping it in training. And that's very important. So that's probably why Farrell does bring him. And he does probably play a good bit. And, you know, Ireland against South Africa with four minutes to go and Crowley's a little bit injured and they bring on Ross Byrne because Sexton goes off and Ross Byrne nails the conversion to win it from the sideline. That's what Ross Byrne does. And that's why he's probably going to go. But if I was picking the team, like you said, I would probably do exactly what you said. And I would leave him out and I'd have a a frawley there just in case. But, you know, Crowley can also play a bit of 12 and a bit of fullback. So there's, there's versatility there if you have those two players, which is very important, I think. In the, in the well, I think for, for fullback depth, we have Keenan, we have Jimmy O'Brien, and we have Mac yeah. as well. I'm just saying, if, if I include Ross Byrne in my 14, I, I'm leaving Frawley at home then. Yeah. But then, like, this is going to obviously be a tough question to ask the week after he met his 100th cap. But Keith Earls, are we, do, we, do we think he plays much? I think he's an important role to play. I don't know if he plays... Off the pitch more so than on the pitch. Not necessarily. On the pitch, you know, he's captained Ireland when Ireland have played a majority B team. And that's really important because the Romania game and the Tonga game, yeah, we're assuming their wins, but Ireland have been close to having scares before. Like Namibia spring to mind. You know, you don't want to go in overconfident. And I think if you have Earls on the pitch playing from the wing, but captaining a, a fairly inexperienced side where the big name's been left out, that's important. Or not necessarily captain, but the most experienced back on the pitch. And that's really, really important. And then you go into, let's say, a quarterfinal and you have one of Lowe or Mac injured. Who do you want? I know you've got a better, maybe more ability with like a Jimmy O'Brien, but if you look, you you look at Earls and you go, I've no doubt he's going to have a good game. Like I I've, I've been critical of Earls in the past, in the last couple of years, but there's no denying he's just had his hundred games. There's no denying his ability, there's no denying his try scoring prowess and his his understanding of the game and his respect within the group. And I just don't think that could be overlooked. And if I was picking one of the Frawley Earls or uh, Frawley Earls or McCluskey, who I reckon are the kind of outside ones, the ones that are just definitely not, not confirmed, but most more likely to be in it's Earls over the two other boys. Uh, but in my squad here, I have Frawley and Earls. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I th- I'm going 14. Uh, I'm bringing Earls. I'm bringing Ross Byrne, and I'm leaving Ross Byrne. at home. I think I think you're right. I I, I want Ross Byrne to go because I want Ross Byrne to play the Tonga game, and that's I think that's that is literally worth a spot in this squad. If you can play the Tonga game, leave Sexton to rest up after the Romania game. For preparation for that South Africa game, that is worth me. That to me, that's worth bringing him. If that's all he does, I think you're right. He's still solid as a rock. If Crowley, if the moment gets too big for Crowley, which I don't think it will, I think we've already seen that it doesn't get too big for him. I think having the 19 forwards is is more important than bringing a 15 back in the case of Frawley because you have even in the positions that were just mentioned, you have so much versatility. Like Mack can play several positions, Henshaw can play two positions, Bundy can play two positions. Uh, Earls can play both wings. Jimmy O'Brien can play multiple Probably. positions. Crowley, like it's not like we're not. If we're bringing loads of one-dimensional players, I'd be like, that's different. Having a fight there would make sense, but I don't think we do. I agree. I was only asking Earls' question because of his ceiling, but I think you're right. His floor is so high that you're never going to be. He's never going to cost you a game. No, uh, I think that is important. Hear me out. Um, again, though. Bundy ten, McCluskey twelve, Henshaw thirteen, Bash I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I feel like there could be a couple of red cards thrown around, Sam. That's my only fear. But sure, I'm down for that. Uh, yeah, I think I think that, I think we're not far off there. Um, I think 1914, I think is is the better split. But I, I think yeah, with Farrell picking, who knows? Um, I don't. I think there's a few mistakes there for, for if he brings McCluskey. And again, it's nothing against McCluskey. I think it's just I don't think I said it before. November 15th I don't think any of us are going to be sitting there going Jesus we should have brought McCluskey like it's just not I don't think that's going to come into our minds at all if we if we if we don't bring him and we lose in the qualifying I just I just don't think so um again it's just it's not against him he's just unfortunate that he's in a position where there's two better players ahead of him and he doesn't really play 13 or any other positions so I think that's tough I think Stockdale hasn't done enough uh, he's not better than any of the lads in front of him and the question marks that we have over him are still there, uh, unfortunately for him. Um, Jordan Larmer has just sort of f- fallen off the face of the planet a little bit. Uh, again, a lot of these players who come up who had question marks over their one part of the game haven't answered those question marks. And I think until that happens, then that's fair to not be included in these squads. Yeah, with Jordan Larmer also, like I, I don't deny he shouldn't be included in this squad, but I think that he's had a little bit of an injury kind of thing in the last year or two and he's still only 25 or 26 so he's got plenty of Ireland form ahead of him I've I've been on this podcast before and talked about you know how I feel about him I don't feel that he's the best winger I don't feel that he's better than low or better than Mac but I feel there's still a place for him in an Ireland squad going forward but it's just not in this World Cup no definitely not um all right, I think we will leave it there we wanted to do a, a sort of a shorter one just to get back into Watch the swing just- of things Watch us be so wrong on Monday. <laughs> I know. Well, look, the best part is we'll do... Uh, tell us how bad our takes were. McCluskey is the only 12 going. <laughs> McCluskey is captaining the squad. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be back with the West, the Westonator uh, to do a few... Look ahead at a couple of the groups and to obviously chat about that uh, upcoming squad. But Sam, thank you. Angrily. He'll be well. He should. He shouldn't have taken that off from the rival podcast for huge money. Do you know what I mean? Let's get that. Let's get that rumor going. Why yeah. not? Was he? He's gone on harping, has he? Is he harping? Jeff, <laughs> I I traded. I proposed a trade that we would get Sam Prendergast and then that Westy would go up to do the harping on rugby podcast. But Sam Sam signed, and we still had to give away Westy. I don't know how. I don't know what happened. Yeah, they couldn't have more contrasting hairstyles. True. Very true. That's another. Uh, well, I did put that in the trade clause that West would have to shave his head as well. So he, I don't think he was. Ha- he wasn't happy about that. Either. It's so funny actually because Westy, yeah, Westy shaved his head, and Sam Prendergast. Like if Westy and Sam Prendergast had to swap hairstyles, if that move came about, Sam Prendergast, Keen Prendergast have very similar hairstyles. It's true. Well, yeah. Well, Keen's shaved. He's cut his hair. His beautiful locks as well. Uh, they're still. They're still pretty glorious, though. He's not. He's not full Sam Prendergast buzz cut. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, All right, we'll leave it there, Sam. Thank you very much. It's good to be back, and we'll be back uh, next week as always. See you then. Bye.